Good brothers, welcome back to another episode of Porn in the Gospel. I am your host, Spencer Sutton, and I have a quote that I want to read you to kick us off this morning, and then we're going to dive in, and I'm going to show you some really, really important things. Like This is probably one of the biggest turning points for me in uh, my own struggle with pornography and masturbation. Uh, I'm going to show you how I started attacking this very proactively instead of sitting back and being reactive to everything that was going on around me. And so here we go. This is the quote I want to read you, and it is from John Piper. He says this, Satan devotes 168 hours a week trying to deceive you. Do you think you can maintain a renewed mind with a 10-minute glance at God's book once a day? Well, that's a great quote. Let me read it again. Satan devotes 160 hours a week trying to deceive you. Do you think you can maintain a renewed mind with a 10-minute glance at God's book once a day? And the truth is, the truth is, like if we want to know the truth, I'm going to sit here and say that a vast majority of men who are just like you and just like me don't even do it once a day. Like they only spend 10 minutes once a day. It, it may be once every few days. It may be once a week. I know I've got the statistics. I have, uh, like I have a training that I've done with guys where I, I talk about uh, obviously the importance of God's word and then but I pull on statistics from uh, like different research articles from the Barna group and all these different places that really uh, reveal how little men in the church read and study and meditate on the word of God and it's alarming but I'm not here to to uh, make you uh, feel guilty about you know, how much you don't read the Bible. That's not the point of this podcast. The point of this podcast is to point you in the direction, something that I see here in Psalm 77 that I think you and I can benefit from greatly. Like I needed to be reminded of this today. And so it's Psalm 77. I was reading it yesterday morning and journaling about it. And then I was reading it again because I didn't obviously didn't get finished. It's pretty long, 20 something, 20 something verses. But this is how... Um, this is what Asaph, so Asaph is writing this. He's in distress. He's in trouble. And this is what he says. Verse one, he says, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. Selah. Verse four, you hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. So we get from the very first five verses here that Asaph is in great distress. He's in trouble. Like, isn't this the, isn't this the crazy thing about life? Like we're created and we have joy. We have the capacity to feel joy, to experience joy, but also great distress and sadness and trouble. Like God created us this way. Even Jesus Christ, he came here on this earth and he had both of these ranges, right? So he was in distress and in trouble and greatly troubled in heart and wept and like struggled. 
and yet he also had great joy. So even Christ, our Lord, felt this these different ranges of emotions. And here we see Asaph just being brutally honest with where he is. Like, man, I, I'm so crushed. Like, I moan. Like, I cry out. So this is not him thinking about these things. This is him using his voice to cry out to God. And sometimes you may find yourself in a situation where you're actually crying out to God audibly. And so this is what we see here, Asaph doing this. And like, why did God, uh, why did God create us this way? So, and I was just writing my journal and I just wrote down, so, so that we would hope in him, so that we would call out to him, so that we would know him as the divine deliverer, right? Like Asaph's in trouble. He's in distress and he's calling out to God. He can't, can't even find peace. And his body grows weary, but, 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 but verse six, verse six is a turning point. And we're only going to look at like the first, you know, I don't know, um, 12 verses or so. So verse six is the turning point. And this is what I want you to see right here. He says, verse six, he says, I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit made a diligent search. So in his distress, in his struggle, Asaph said, time out, time out, time out. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step back. I'm going to step back. I said, so that, that phrase right there, I said, he repeats this later. He repeats it in verse 10. He says, then I said. And the question is, who is he talking to? Who is Asaph talking to? Well, we don't we don't see anywhere where he's talking to anybody else. So he's talking to himself. He's saying, I said. So he stops and he talks to himself and he says, okay, this, this is his quote. Let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. That was the quote. And it says, then my spirit made a diligent search. Okay, so I want you to recognize there's three three parts of Asaph that he is stirring up. Stirring up. Number one, he says, let me remember. So he's using his mind. He's like, I'm going to remember. I'm going to stop and I'm going to remember. I'm going to think back. He says, let me remember. And then he says, let me meditate in my heart. So he's not only using his mind, he's taking it deep into his soul, into his heart, to his innermost being. I'm going to meditate in my heart. And then, and then he says, then my spirit made a diligent search. So we see Asaph using his mind, his heart, and his spirit. Now, you're, the spirit of a man is what communes with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of God. And so, what Asaph's doing here is like, I'm going to stop, and I'm going to I'm going to step back, and I'm going to use my entire being, the entire person. I'm going to use the entire person, and I'm going to stop, and I'm going to focus, and I'm going to open up my heart. And I'm going to just ask myself some very, very, very important questions. So what are these questions? He says, 
will the Lord spurn forever and never again be favorable? That was the question number one. So in other words, like, has the Lord forsaken me forever? The next question, has his steadfast love forever ceased or stopped? And then the next question, are his promises at an end for all time? Then the next question, has God forgotten to be gracious? And then the last question, has he in anger shut up his compassion? So I see one, two, three, four, five questions. And the answer to all of these, when a man of God steps back, remembers who the Lord is, meditates on the truth of his word, the answer to all of these questions is no. So if the answer is no, then that means the opposite is true. The Lord will not spurn me forever, not turn me away forever. His steadfast love is constantly with me. All of his promises are true forever. He has never forgotten who he is. His He's, he's not ever stopped being compassionate, and his anger, his anger has been dealt with on the cross where Christ was sacrificed. And so I want you to see how Asaph stopped, he, he took these stories, like his distress was causing him to think and to doubt and to struggle, and he said, time out, I'm going to stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask myself some very, very important questions. I, I want to examine the stories that I'm telling myself, and I want to find out if they're true. And so verse 10, he says, then I said, so again, he's talking to himself. I will, appe I will appeal to this, to the years of the right hand of the most high. <laughs> I mean, what is he doing? What is he doing? The years of the right hand of the Most High, the years, the years, he's going to, he's saying, I'm going to look back and I'm going to appeal. I'm going to take these lies and I'm going to appeal to the truth of who God has revealed himself to be. Verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. Verse 12, I will ponder all your works and meditate on your mighty deeds. Your way, O oh God, is holy. What God is great like our God? You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples. With you, with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph, Selah. So he takes a pause at the end of that. He's like, oh, my goodness gracious. What am I doing? What am I doing? When I'm in distress, when I'm in despair, when I am struggling with believing the promises of God, I've got to stop and I'm going to take my mind. I'm going to force it to think about the truth of who God is. I'm going to take my heart. I'm going to bury these truths deep in my heart, deep in my heart, because I know my heart is deceitful. This is where Satan tempts me. He tempts me in my heart. And I'm going to, I'm going to commune with God's spirit, like deep in, in my spirit, in my soul. I have to. I have to. Like these these questions 
brought every story before God and gospel light. Like it, it, he, it, like he dragged out his story. Most of the stories and the lies that you are believing from Satan, you hide in the dark, brother. You don't take the time to stop and pull them out into the light of the gospel. This is, to me, the point of John Piper's quote. If Satan is spending 168 hours a week trying to deceive you, now obviously we're not going to spend 168 hours a week reading our Bible, but you better take more than 10 minutes a day because he's relentless and he is ruthless. There is no mercy with him. If he cannot snatch you from God's hand, your salvation, then he wants to make you as useless as you possibly can be. And you will make every excuse. I promise you, like I've done it. You will make every excuse as to why you just can't do it. I mean, I was even journaling this morning, writing this morning about Lord, I'm, I'm like, I love my morning quiet times. I love my morning quiet times. I I just get so filled up with like these podcasts are only a result of me spending time with the Lord in the morning. I don't have anything good to say to you other than what God is saying in his word. And so it just made me think like, Lord, I was writing, how come I get so weak in the evenings? Like my desire seems to fade. And the truth is our willpower is like a muscle that is exercised all day long. And so my willpower to get up and study the word and meditate and journal and journal and pray, which is what I do, is strongest in the morning. And then as the day goes through, my willpower is exercised. I'm resisting temptation. I'm making decisions. I'm working. There's all kinds of things. I'm engaging engaging in serious conversation. There's all kinds of things that are taxing my willpower so that when I come home at night, I'm like, oh my goodness gracious, man, I'm worn out. You know what would you know what sounds better than like concentrating and focusing? You know what sounds better? Watching TV, scrolling on social media. That's that's what I was just confessing to God this morning. Like, <laughs> God, I've got so much work to do. Like, you've called me to like help brothers. And there's really no time for sedation. Like I, I don't have time to sedate. I've got a wife to lead. I've got two beautiful kids to lead. I've got a mission that you've entrusted to me. What am I doing? Am I when I sedate at night, when you sedate at night, what we're doing is we're just opening up our minds, opening up our minds to allow Satan to tell us whatever lies he wants to tell us. I was talking with a brother recently and he was just going, you know, at night, what he does is, you know, Facebook reels. He just sits there and scrolls through Facebook reels. And I was like, yeah, man, I get it. I get it. It's a challenge, struggle. It's a struggle. 
So what's the encouragement? What's the encouragement to you, brother? I just want you to see Asaph's conclusions when he asked, when he asked himself those questions. The this was his conclusion: the way of the Lord is holy and right. No God is like the Lord God. Number three, God works wonders. Number four, he has displayed his power among his people so that they could take courage and have faith in him. And the fifth thing I just said was he saved them from bondage to their enemies in Egypt. So all Asaph was doing was looking back at the truth on who God is. And and he only had a small portion of the word. We know the whole story. We know the whole story. So you and I can go back and we can open the Gospels of Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and just, just meditate on the goodness and the grace of Jesus Christ. We find our identity in him. We find our identity in him. We don't, we don't need, we don't need pornography when we've been satisfied in Christ. Brother, this is the this is the key to it all. The key to it all is not finding a porn blocker and saying, hey, you know, <laughs> this is hey, I'm free from pornography. Like that is so that is like I think C.S. Lewis said this. Uh, I know he said this, but I'm trying. I don't know the quote. I didn't, I don't, didn't have it. I didn't look it up or anything. It just came to my mind. But it's like he was saying essentially something. We settle for too little. He said we're we're like we're like little kids playing in the mud, like making mud pies when a vacation at the beach is offered to us. And so the point is, we settle for far too little. We settle for far too little. The question is, will you do whatever it takes for as long as it takes to find your ultimate joy and satisfaction in Christ? Does this mean you will not sin? No. Does this mean you will be free 100% from pornography? Yes. 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 Like, there's no other answer. When you find joy and satisfaction in Christ, you begin to see the lies of the enemy very clearly, very, very clearly, the counterfeit good, like the good thing, God, the good things God has created for us. Satan has, is always making a counterfeit. Always. There's a great quote that I'll read you from a book called Surfing for God by Michael, uh, Michael John Cusick. Really good book. He says, what makes pornography so addictive, wrote John Eldridge, is that more than anything else in a man's life, it makes him feel like a man without ever requiring a thing of him. But it does require something of you. It requires you to forfeit your soul. It requires you to forfeit leadership in your family. 
It requires you to forfeit the truth for a lie. It requires you to forfeit intimacy with Christ in exchange for shame and guilt in the pit, in the prison of porn. That's what we exchange. Instead of joy in Christ, we get shame. And we shouldn't. We shouldn't. So, brother, I want this like this message to encourage you to desire more, to want more, to work for more. <laughs> you know what? Spending 10 minutes in, in the word every day may be a start. Like it may be the start you need. I'm not saying you have to go and spend three hours a day starting today, but maybe it's 10 minutes and then maybe it's 15 minutes. And then maybe you just start setting your alarm and getting up earlier. That's it. Maybe you have to drink coffee to wake up. I do it every morning. <laughs> I've considered not drinking coffee. I've considered going off of coffee, doing an extended coffee fast. But oh my goodness, I love the taste in the morning when I sit down with my two dogs. They go back to sleep and I open the word and just oh, it's so good. Brother, if anything, like I don't want you to, my hope is that I encourage you to run hard after the Lord. That's it. That's what I want. That's what I want. All right, brothers, that's it for this episode of Porn in the Gospel. I hope you'll have a fantastic rest of your day, wherever you are. <laughs>